You're listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. I'm Krasowski, and here are some ideas that I have. Most of them have the word fuck. Improv Conspiracy Podcast with your host, Ronnie. Welcome, everybody. We're back for another episode of the Improv Conspiracy Podcast, the most sporadic and non-frequent release schedule you've ever known. When do the episodes come? Who knows? When they come, are they good? Who knows? Uh, this one is with David Rosowski. And what is the topic? It's just chatting. Uh, as I expected, and as if you know Dave, you probably expected, Dave was not interested in the uh, format of the show. He just wanted to talk, and so be it. That's what you get when you are an OG of the art form, a legend in uh, improvisation. Uh, Dave was uh, formerly the uh, artistic director at Second City. He's worked with all the, uh, all the names if you if you know a name in improv, Dave's probably worked with them. Um, and uh, Dave's been around the block and he's got some great stuff to talk about. And he's always a great, great time. And someone uh, who's wonderful to learn from. If you ever get a chance, you should take that chance. Uh, he specializes in what's called viewpoints. If you don't know what viewpoints are, we do not uh, talk about it in the show. In fact, I almost don't let him talk about it. Um, you can hear me just shut it down before it gets started. Uh, mostly because you can find heaps of materials on Dave talking about uh, viewpoints elsewhere on the internet. Just type in Dave Rosowski viewpoints and you'll find some videos where he breaks them down. Uh, and it's fascinating and certainly opened my eyes to improvisation. So you should check it out. It's a good chat. He's a good guy. It's a good time. I uh, hope you enjoy it. And uh, that that's it. This is the show. Here we go. So um, uh, you go, because right now I'm doing what I always do on podcasts, which is make it about me <laughs> and remove your total structure and format from what you're doing. It's like, uh, we're, but it, I swear to God, it's this, this is the way that I do the show. And Henry kind of said, it's like, yeah, I don't know, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I'll read what you wrote and I'll, you know, but, but the most part, it's like, oh, you're going to do that. That's fine. And then at the end, you're going to, what? I don't Maybe you'll do that. I don't know. <laughs> And whatever time frame you think you're on, it's like, I don't know, I don't do that. I'm not going to do that. It's going to be long. I expect nothing less from you now. <laughs> A blatant disregard to structure. <laughs> exactly. And that one segment that you have that you've worked so hard on, it's like, I don't know, maybe we'll do it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I don't know. I'll do it my way. Whatever you think it's going to be, it's like, yeah, we'll do it my way. And there's nothing that is not like I need to be in control. It's just like, I'm having a chat with my friend and this is where it's going to go. And okay. Well, from, right. from my perspective, it goes wherever we let it go. Yeah, no, I agree. That's the way mine, mine is too. What happened to yours? Uh, I started writing a book and I, I just don't have the bandwidth. I just don't have the bandwidth. You know, it's really hard for me to go. Why? I, I, because, you know, it's labor intensive. And I was doing, I was doing, you know, for a while there, I was doing like four a week. And it's like, no. And then I was doing one a week. It's like, eh, I don't know. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah. And I haven't even, I don't, I've done, I haven't done one since the pandemic, yeah. but you know, this, 
this is what I, Ronnie, this is really what I needed. I like when someone says, why do you want to write a book? One of the reasons is I want to finish something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like people yeah. finish shit all the time. And it's like, I don't know. I don't really finish anything. And now <laughs> it's like, I want to, I want to finish this. I want to, I want to finish it. I feel like that's part of the curse of being deep in improv. Like when I started, when I tried to go back to make, I made an EP last year and just finishing that was so hard because I'm so used to my art being just ethereal and gone. Whereas when I had to like lock it down into something that was going to be forever, I was like, I don't know if this is the thing I want to be forever. I want to have another shot. <laughs> it's a hundred percent. I totally understand. I totally understand. And when you write a book, <clears throat> when you write a book, it, what ends up happening is you start, it gets sealed in amber and you know and and this is what this is like you said this is what this is forever and i'm like no like at the beginning of my book i'm going i'm gonna I, i'm definitely gonna you know uh i'm gonna contradict myself i'm gonna yeah because i don't want to be sealed in amber and i don't want this shit to be perspective um to be um prescriptive yeah you know where it's like rosowski said this and then we do that it's like yeah i don't know i don't know yeah. how to do that yeah. Um, I think what happens when you write a book is like, that's the book. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who was it? Um, Uta Hagen. U Uta Hagen wrote a book and then she wrote a book and then she wrote another book. And the first part of the book was like, why her first book was a fucked up book and don't read that book. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's, that's going to be the beginning of my second book. Yeah. Yeah. My second book. That sentence is a horrible sentence. My second book. I mentioned it before. If someone says, I've heard people say, someone says, yeah, I really enjoyed writing my book. And it's like, whenever somebody says that, I'm, if somebody says that, I'm thinking to myself, then you didn't write your book. And like, I really enjoyed writing my book. It's like, no, you didn't write your book. Someone else wrote your book. Because nobody <laughs> says they really enjoyed writing that book. How long have you been writing yours? Four years. Whew. That's a journey. Four years. It's a journey. It's a journey. And because you don't want, I, for me, this is just me. I don't want to put out a book and go, there's a typo, or I don't believe that anymore. Or, and what happened with the pandemic was uh, because I had to do everything online, I really had to look at what my methodology was. And I'm throwing this stuff out saying, does this work? Mm. And then everything started to morph and everything started to evolve. And it's like, oh, that exercise doesn't work anymore. Not the way that my mind's working. Mm. It doesn't work that way anymore. So I had a, I had a, I had a, a I had to finesse it and I finessed a bunch of stuff and I'm kind of glad, you know, I'm really glad. Since you, you bring that up in regards to viewpoints, which I think we can find you talking about viewpoints all over the place. So we don't need to get into what they are, but like now that you're doing it online, how, how is that work working online? Cause for me, when you first came to town, like you were the, you were the guy who showed me all the things I was missing and really brought me into the moment. I thought I was, I thought I was working in the moment until you showed me how little of the moment I was catching. But when we're online, like, how does, how does that viewpoint stuff for you translate? Um, everything translates, but uh, topography. Right. So topography is walking on stage. I'm just for people who don't know. Topography is like how you walk on the stage, like going from one place on stage to another place on stage. So that was the one that's the, the most, uh, where it's like, you really can't do that. I saw your post on uh, maybe, I don't know what it was, Twitter, maybe Facebook or something. Um, the, this is the longest time off stage for you since 79. How's that, like, how's that feeling? That's a big void. Uh, 1979, I was 20. Mm. 
I'd already been performing. I'd always, I'd already been an actor for 10 years. And uh, when I was in 79, I, I, I went to, uh, I was a sophomore in college and I was like, I, I want to do something else. And I became a, a photojournalist and I was a photojournalist for four years after that. Uh, but that was the longest time. 79 was the longest I've gone. Song of 79. It feels, it, it feel, you know, I, I'm performing when I'm teaching as always. That's what it feels like when I'm, when I'm teaching, I'm performing. But I miss, this is what I miss. I, this is what I miss, like coming up with these ideas and doing these things for over a year and figuring it out, writing the book and coming up with new exercises that we have and new methodology and all that and going, let's do this in person. But I, you know, I would love to do a two, a two person show on Zoom where the expectation is we're just going to do a person, two person scene. It doesn't have to be laughs. Um, and I think that's really what I miss is like laughs because, yeah. you know, I haven't heard anybody <laughs> laugh anything. I mean, you laugh, but I haven't heard anybody laugh and that's a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's really a huge thing. And I can't, I can't imagine how you, you know, how your, how your theater, you know, can get all the people that y'all used to shove in there safely there's just no way no i mean there were periods of time where we had zero cases in melbourne and still uh you know we were we were half capacity at the theater and so it was like and suddenly there's only 20 people in there or whatever um and yeah that was in zero cases and it still right. felt strange like it still felt like oh this feels unsafe but as soon as there's seven cases in the city we're like well let's right, not, right. why are we doing this in this room right 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 but you know, I I don't know. I, I for me, I'm 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 performing, man, and you're not performing. I'm I'm teaching rather, and you're not teaching. So I'm looking, going, you know, how are you doing? Well, yeah, like obviously not since uh, not as long as 1979, but like I realized last year, um, it was like the first time in like 17 years or something that I wasn't performing at least once a week. And I, just like that became something I just had to like. I was like, why am I feeling like I know I'm in lockdown, but why am I feeling so fucked? And I realized like, you know, just an hour with Mario on stage, I, I always knew this, but like, it's like the most Zen I can ever be. It's like, that's my Zen place to go there and spend an hour with him. And my only focus is on him and the world falls away. And we get to do that where the, right. where the week's stresses are all gone for a minute. Right. Same with teaching when you're like giving all your attention to the people in the room and you, they need you to be fully attentive to them. And so the world again washes away. And then, yeah, just like months and months and months of not that, you go like, oh, what's this thing that's building up in, in my body? Oh, it's the fact that I haven't had that, that Zen place to go to yet for a long time. I think a lot of people have to stop and they've got to go, you know, instead of like lashing out, somebody stopping and saying, what's behind my lashing out? What's behind my lashing out is I don't have a, I don't have a, I can't out, uh, output my, my creative inspiration is nowhere to go. This is probably a fair, fair few months ago. Uh, you wrote a post that I really, really liked. It was your bad improv rant. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. My screed. Yeah. Can you, can you share a little bit of that? Cause I think like uh, the reason I ask is like bad improv, the quote unquote bad improv gets a, you know, in the, in the larger improv community, you know, there's a lot of, there is no bad improv, you know, it was subjective and whatever, but your take was more like there's bad process perhaps. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Ken Adams, you know, I wrote Ken Adams, uh, he, he's, he's a teacher and a director of improv and all that here in, uh, in California, up, uh, up in the Bay area, I believe. And he, I, in some reason he said, I, I said something like improv is bad. And he goes, what, what make, what do you suppose makes bad improv? Uh, you know, and maybe you've heard me say this before, but if somebody says to me, uh, you know, I'm in a play, I'm like, I'll go to the play. 
I will pay money to watch your you be in a play. But if somebody says I'm in an improv show, my first thought is I'm not coming to your fucking dumb improv show. I'm not gonna. And it's not about you. It's about the other people that are in your cast. So what Ken asked me to do was, you know, just say what was it, and it turned into the screed, which then turned into the forward of my book. So that changed the book. The book, and it was essentially this. It was this. And I've said this before. The term improviser is a pejorative. It means shitty actor. <laughs> And I don't understand what it's about. It really does. I mean, for me, if you go, he's an improviser, it's like, that's a joke, and it's going to be a joke for a while. It's, you know, if somebody says you're an actor, you're like, oh, good, what have you been in? It's like, I'm an improviser. It's like, oh, okay. They don't know what the fuck to do with it, because most improv you see is shitty. Why? Because the actors aren't trained. The actors aren't given notes. There is no such thing as a professional improviser. So what is it? Uh, we call them teams. Oh, yeah, there was one thing. We call it, it's like, oh, I'm in an improv team. It's like, no, you're in an improv cast. It's not a competition. It's not the Olympics, all right? It's like, no, but my coach. No, not your coach. It's your director. It's an improv director. They don't know who Viola Spolin is. They don't know what upstage and uh, downstage are. They don't know who Harold Pinter is. They don't have any idea how theater works. They don't call themselves actors. They call themselves improvisers. So my screed, and I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting my Irish up. My screed is, is basically this. I blame all the improv teachers. I I blame the improv teachers and I blame the improv directors and I blame the improv theaters because how many times have you been and I know I, I know you teach and I know what goes on at improv conspiracy and that's one of the reasons I love going there but uh, one of the things is like for me stop the scene right there if it's gone off the rails stop the scene don't go back and say what you should have done we don't have a time machine stop the actor the moment that they 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 start thinking and they stop being in the moment stop them in the moment but that Improv teachers aren't doing that. Mm. The improv schools are letting people up there do shows that have no right to be doing a show. So somebody pays, say, $15, you know, $15 to see a show. That's a ticket. We'll just say the ticket price is $15. $15, $5 parking, dinner, uh, uh, your outfit, your, I mean, what you're going to be wearing, dry cleaning, mm. right? which is weird. Dry cleaning in Australia was very hard for me to find dry cleaners. Um, uh, and um, uh, babysitters, okay? So somebody has spent $100, and you're going to go up there and do this fucking dog and pony show which doesn't, where, where you're not listening to somebody and you're not dressed right, and it becomes this really shitty evening. Why? Because the theaters aren't pushing it. Ronnie, why is it that... I'm sorry, why is it that there is no... I know this is weird. No Tony, no Tony award. Because when you think about it, man, what we're doing is what we're doing is harder. Let me say it. What we're doing is harder than a scripted actor. Because a scripted actor is doing the part, having rehearsal, doing one scene to another of somebody else's work. So what are we doing? We're creating the material in real time in front of you in a theatrical fashion. And, 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 and how many famous improvisers do you know? <laughs> Three, yeah. maybe, I don't know. Yeah. You know, who do you know? For me, I go, okay, who are, for me, who are they? All right, um, uh, TJ and Dave, mm -hmm. Patty Styles. Mm -hmm. um, I shouldn't even have this list because there are, mm -hmm. you know, I haven't seen shows in so long, <laughs> but, but I'm looking at that and I'm going, okay, uh, TJ 
in it, Patty Styles, Jill Bernard, like these people who are doing things where you're going, I have no idea how you're fucking thinking, but I love what it is that you're mm-hmm. doing. Um, and why why don't people know that? Mm. Why why can't there be a show that's fifty dollars to go see somebody perform improv? Because we don't consider ourselves worthy. Why don't we consider ourselves worthy? Because there's nobody, there's no quality control. And also, when when the, when you have like a mixture of like um, quote unquote veteran improvisers, and um, then you've got like those teenage year improvisers who are very like, we should be allowed to do whatever the, whatever we want. You're paying for us to fuck around and have a play, and then like the theater is booking both of those things, and the chances you, that you'll get something stupid and careless and they've all got their phones and their wallets in their pockets and you can see their keys bulging out the back of their pants um like they've just walked off the street to do the show um like that's what you're going to get most of the time because there's more of those those there's more of those um teenage year sort of improvisers who they're just like well fuck it i should be able to do whatever i want fuck form fuck fuck the moment (laughs) i'm i'm doing my thing right right so who's so whose fault is that i mean really whose fault is that yeah uh, so you know what? There's seven days a week. <laughs> and then the stop them in the moment thing, I always get frustrated. It's confronting suddenly to be stopped in the moment. And they've had all this journey up until me where they have been allowed to sit in scenes that have done nothing and gone nowhere. And so like what's not confronting is suddenly confronting because they're like, whoa, what? what? Why are you stopping me? What? Sorry, I was oh, I'm just distracted. I'm, I don't know how I'm how to pay attention to you and this. And I'm like, no, this is not, I'm just trying to get you back in. <laughs> and it's like, why hasn't anyone done this yet? Yep. Right. Right. And, 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 and uh, right. And I had one student that I've had for a while, you know, the other day I've, I've worked with her for a year and she said, well, I would have done this, but you kept in, uh, you kept interrupting me. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Nope. I was not, I was side coaching you. Yeah. And, um, I was side coaching you. Uh, uh, but one of the things that you realize, and I know that you realize this too, is um, in my class, I'm Dave Rizowski. Um I'm going to do things a little differently. I am going to side coach you heavily, and I'm going to stop you where it is that you are unless you have a time machine. And then we can use the time machine to, when, you, when you're done with that shitty scene, to bring you back and to adjust you there. Or we could just adjust you there because you don't have a fucking time machine. Yeah. One, two. I don't know about you. No, I know about you. I know about me. I have a reputation of being a hard ass and a mean person. And uh, at least here in the States and maybe in places like other places, um, uh, because I do stop you in the scene. I do, and uh, and I mentioned this before, uh, there's a, a Reddit thread. Somebody once asked me, uh, they, they sent me something saying, we have a quote, did you say this quote? We wanna use it in some PR stuff. And I promotional stuff. And I went, um, I don't know. I, I don't, it doesn't sound like me, but maybe it was me. And I Googled it to see if it was me and I couldn't find it. But I did find a Reddit thread that said, would someone please explain Brzezowski to me, mm. which is scary <laughs> because you're like, do these people say? And after I took it going, what other people think of me is none of my business. Uh, I went through it and I read it. And um, one of the, the guys said, or somebody said, who the fuck knows, uh, said um, he yells at you. He gets in your face, he interrupts you, and he makes you do the scene that he wants you to do. And I went, fuck that. They nailed it. 
<laughs> yes, I do. I am passionate. Yes, I do stop the scene where it is. Yes, I do get in your face. But I don't get in your face to fight it. I get in your face because it's like, this is as serious as your fucking life. Mm. And yes, I want you to do the scene that I want you to do because you paid me to help you do a scene that you haven't done before. Mm. So I'm going to make you do the scene that I want you to do. And it's never just because I want you to look like a jerk. It's because it led what you learned led you up to this point. And now you have an opportunity. You're at a junction to do where you go. You go right, do the scene that you always want to do. You go left, do a scene that fucking doesn't make any sense. It's just there for the laughs. Or you go straight ahead, which is the direction that you're faced. Whether you know you're faced in that direction or not, I am the fucking North Star. <laughs> yeah. And if you want... You don't have to take my class. Yeah. You don't have to take it. And I'm not going to be here. This is not bowling night for me. I'm done with bowling night. <laughs> do you want this to be bowling night? Do you want to be up on stage? And do you want to stand on stage with your finger up your fucking ass going, I don't know what to do at this point? Or do you want to be up on stage looking at your partner's eyes going, as you said with you and Mario, yeah. nothing else exists around us. It's just you and me. Do you want to find that magic sweet spot? Do you want to make that every moment through the stage is a meditation moment where everything matters and you're looking at shit like you just took acid, mm. the good kind, the pure kind, the LSD that they used to give the fucking army? <laughs> or do you want to be up on stage going, I don't know what to do, and you're up in the back wall and you're going, please get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> because I will not help you get to that point. I'll help you have an acid flashback or a flash forward or a pre-back, whatever mm. it's going to be before you take it so that you can see what the wind smells like. And you can take a look at what the grass is telling mm -hmm. you. And you can see that look in your partner's eyes where they have a shift, a sudden epiphany, a transformation, a turn. Yeah. Instead of going, where are we going? It's like, look, it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. Who's in charge? Thought you were. <laughs> I wish I was passionate about this. <laughs> and also, it's not always that, like, it's not always that you're just uh, making them do the scene that you want to do it's also showing them like the scene that they were doing before they took a weird turn into their own head i'm not pulling my like side coaching out of the fucking thin air i'm pulling it out of what you were already doing and what's in your bodies and in the things you've already said and that's why it's going this direction not because i'm fucking i just want to make some shit up no no i i the direction that we're going in we're going in that direction because you started it mm. And all that I'm doing is I'm noticing the way that you're starting it and I'm saying, this is where you started it. And here's an opportunity for you to keep going in that direction because right now you're about to make a choice or you just made a choice I'm gonna stop to see now. You just made a choice that is taking you in another direction, not because you're connected to your partner, because you're connected to ego or funny or interesting. It's like, no, that's not what we're here for. Both of us are, are it's what's called attachment theory. Attachment theory is this, when you see two acts on stage, it's just two actors on stage, but it's really one voice, one mind. Both of us are, you know, that group mind thinking. And we've got to talk about that. And Del Close talked about that. You know, 25-year-old Dave Rosowski was like, sounds interesting. I don't, know. I don't know if I'm ready for it. And then suddenly it comes down and you go, oh, that's what Del meant 25 years ago. You know, it's like when he said that. But when you and I are doing a scene, and we've done scenes before, where it's like, I know where you're going, man. And you know where I'm going. And that's all that fucking matters. And I don't hear the audience and I don't see the audience even though at your space they're right on top of you, which I love. I really, 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 really love that, you know? And there's that intimacy, but what we get to do is this. We get to shut those fuckers out and go, I am here for you. But we have to teach students what that means. And part of that has to do with this. Fuck your yes and. Fuck your dumb yes and. Yes and doesn't, you know, it's like, yes and. Like, what does that even mean? 
It's the, it's the theatrical equivalent of have a nice day. It means nothing anymore. Who do you say yes to? What does that mean? How come we can't deny? And this is part of the screed is why is it that when you're that like, okay, so what, what, <laughs> what theatrical or, 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 or art form says you can't ask questions? What novel says you can't talk about people who aren't there? What novel, what, what play says that you, you, can't say, you, you can't say no? And why is it that we're thrust upon that and that's our burden, mm. whereas every movie has somebody saying no. Mm -hmm. every, every play has somebody talking about someone who's not there. Yeah. So why are we teaching people that you can't do that? No wonder shit looks fucked up. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying, so the title of my book is A Subversive's Guide to Improvisation. Yeah. And it shouldn't be subversive. Yeah. But here we are. Yeah. What's subversive? Rosowski's subversive. Why? Because he says, talk about people who aren't there, man. Mm. You know, say no. Mm. I'll teach you how to say no. Mm. I'll teach you that you can ask questions. Mm -hmm. But does that make sense, man? Oh, for sure, man. For yeah. sure. You had a uh, you had us do. Uh, this is like the first time you ever came out to us. It was like 2014 or something, 2015. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, but you were teaching that um, your exercise uh, that you called the power of your presence. I think you originally called it the power of your exit. And Kay Chan was in it with, with I can't remember who else. Um, but there was three people on stage and and then you asked uh, this guy who was playing a, a guy named Greg to leave. The scene was Kay and her scene partner and she just started going, should we call Greg and ask him to come back? And then it just became about her wishing Greg was back. And the whole room was destroyed <laughs> with laughter. And it's like, it was such a great teaching moment of like, look at what can happen when you do talk about someone who's not here. <laughs> It's like everything. It says everything about this relationship, how broken this relationship is, that it's just like... Right, right. Where's Greg at? Absolutely. Absolutely. The moment that somebody leaves, you feel the absence of that person. And it's not like, oh, he left and he left us with nothing. No, he left you with you. And the only thing you know, the only thing you own in an improv scene is how you're feeling in that moment. So what did he do? He took the one thing away that wasn't you, and now you have to deal with you in that scene. And that's what people are afraid of. When you do a scene where, say, that person wasn't originally there and you're talking about your mother who's died or whatever it is, and, and yeah, maybe you t maybe that's the sort of scene a teacher would say, don't talk about who's not here, but it's because you're not caring, because you're not feeling that per that the lack of that person. You're doing it to, to let yourself not feel, basically. You're saying, let's talk about mum because then we don't have to talk about us. But if you're actually going, let's talk about mum because it will reveal everything about us and we're actually going to care then that's going to matter. And that comes back to acting. If you're a trained actor and you know to fucking care about what's not here, then you're going to tell that story between the two of you. Because you know that your partner is going to hear it in a way that isn't about plot. They're going to hear it in a way where it's like, oh, she's expressing an emotional connection that she has to me in this moment. And how am I going to deal with it? What am I going to deal with? Because when you're talking about emotion, you don't have to invent anything because you already have that feeling. Healing. You don't have to go outside of yourself in order for you to have content, emotional content. Yeah. 
Have you read, uh, have you got Patty's book yet? No, no, no. Um, yeah, because I'm writing my book, I'm afraid that if I read somebody else's book, there are three improv books that people wrote and it's like, I can't read that now. But I think that I'm at a point now um, because I'm, I'm probably like 90% done with my book. Um, how is it? Did you read it? It's fantastic. And it's, it's everything we're talking about. It's very, uh, let's talk about the rules, shall we? Um, it's incredible. And I had her on the podcast like two days ago. Um, oh, you did? Yeah, she's incredible. She really is incredible. And so, you know, I didn't know the editor on the podcast. So when I said that she's improv royalty, it's like, she's improv royalty. You know, what is it? What is it about her? She's lovely. She's lovely. She's connected. She's frank. She's a human being, you know, and she represents really nothing other than that beautiful soul that is Patty Styles. you know? Yeah, she does. She does. Yeah, she is an acolyte uh, of Keith's, uh, Keith Johnstone. She's an acolyte of Keith's. But at the end of the day, we love her for the soul that she is and the way that she shares herself. I, Cause I remember doing, I remember the first thing I think I did with her was at the, uh, um, I forgot the name in, in Italian, but it was the Rome, uh, it was the improv fest in Rome. And she and I did this scene together and it was one of the most intimate scenes I've ever done with anybody anywhere where, you know, I'm just meeting her and it feels like, you know, we're, 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 we're emotionally intimate. We're connected. And, <clears throat> and, and the great thing is, you know, I, I did a scene, uh, cause I have, I have, I, I, I coach one, I do one-to-one -one coaching. Um, it's one of the things that I've been doing since the pandemic and I do one-to-one -one coaching. And there was a student that I had who said, I felt something in that scene. I've never felt something in that in a scene before. And it's like, this is what we're doing, mm. you know, to feel that emotional thing where you're going, I, I don't know if I want to go there. Mm which means I have to go there. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that people go, oh, uh, yeah, I'm here to make people laugh. It's like, uh, the moment that you look at that going, I have to make people laugh, you're missing out on opportunities. Say, I'm, I'm going to feel something because it's an existential experience, isn't it? Yeah. That like I am, uh, you and I are doing the scene together, but it's not you and I, and you're saying things to me that are really personal, but you're not really saying them to me. And I'm feeling them, but I'm not really feeling them. I'm aware that I'm feeling them, which means that I'm aware of being aware, which is this existential thing that we're going through. And, and essentially we're just doing this dream together where it's like we're, we're today, we're, you know, just, we're reconstructing this dream and, uh, are we're constructing this dream together and, just like a dream this is the first this is the, this is the premiere of this dream and it will never be a dream again and i don't have any notes <laughs> have you ever seen a show at um the hideout theater in austin um i haven't seen them in many many years right. i haven't seen them in many years i and I, and I and i love those guys i think that they're also they're great really great teachers mm -hmm. um i think that during the pandemic i I did a benefit for them because I just, I just want them. I will do whatever I can. I want, I want places of integrity to succeed. Mm. I really, really want that. Mm. And what, and, and, you know, talking to those, talking to those actors, uh, talking to those actors is like talking to any actor. It's just, you know, you're not talking to an improviser. You're talking to somebody who does have integrity yeah. and who is thinking about what the show is and who does rehearse and who does uh who does rehearse and and, and the same thing with impro theater um theater impro, impro theater with uh dan o'connor and brian Lohman and steve karen uh -huh. and um so they improvise a shakespeare they which everybody does and i remember seeing them at uh in austin at the at an improv fest in austin and i and i 
I know Shakespeare pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the watching the play and going, I don't remember the Shakespeare show and going, Dave, it's improvised. And I'm like, that's how good it is. But they improvise Shakespeare, they improvise um, Stephen Sondheim, they improvise a typical American Christmas special from the 70s. It's like they improvise that. Mm. Uh, they improvise film noir. They improvise a cowboy. And, and it'll run for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So what is it that they're doing? They're bringing a director and they're bringing a dramaturg in. They're rehearsing like three times a week for three or four hours a day. And why not? Yeah, why not? I was staying, uh, when I was in Austin, I was staying on the couch of Casey and Roy from Parallelogram and Phonograph. And um, I was, my mind was blown when uh, a woman came over in the middle of the day to discuss uh, she was going to be directing a show uh, that was on in six months and she was there to discuss um, auditions and like set things and and I was just like oh what the fuck are we doing <laughs> back in Melbourne where we're just like right. Oh, right I can't even get a cast together once a week for a show that's in two weeks you know it's like and and why is that you know one of the reasons is because there's the culture of that is not is not is is not present it doesn't mean it doesn't exist it's just that the culture that professional culture isn't present but it's everything that everybody wants to do who doesn't want to have a show that that wins awards who doesn't want to have you know lines around the block who doesn't want to make enough money so you can quit your stupid fucking I don't know, job at the weightlifting factory. <laughs> you know that job that you have at the weightlifting factory? <laughs> Where you're you're cranking out weightlifting. It's like, yeah, well, another bin of weightlifting. <laughs> the weightlifting factory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You know, yeah. And so, you know, having been having been at Second City and having, you know, having having done 10 shows there and, uh, you know, being in the touring company and directing there and being the artistic director there, uh, like that, I made a living and that became the standard. That became the standard where you rehearsed and people got paid. And there was somebody where if you were an actor, you weren't in charge of being in the box office. You know, Um but you build yourself towards that. Like you, 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 I mean, you've seen it at you know, in prop conspiracy. Shit has changed a lot. It's become at least before the pandemic, it's become a lot more professional. You know, the things that people were doing now, there are people hired. Am I getting this right? There are people hired to do these specific things. Yes, correct. Yeah, and that allows you all to do things like rehearse, yeah. take classes, teach classes. Yeah, because teaching classes is one of the best ways to rehearse. You know, as well, when you're teaching classes, because mm. you're able to go, oh, that's why this works. For sure. Oh, that's what this is about. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a cruel part of the, of the art form that, that you need to start, uh, you know, directing others to really, re- to really discover the intricacies of the art form and the process to go like, oh, now that I'm outside of it, I can see what I need to improve. Absolutely. And, and so writing a book is like that too. So one of the reasons that I'm writing a book is so that when I come in to places, people know what my methodology is so we can go, okay, let, let, we're going to start running instead of we're going to start, you know, we're going to, we're, we're starting with running because uh, I don't have to explain every little thing. And also what do I want to do? I want everybody to take these things that we've worked on and um, I want to, I want people to build on it. 
I want people to build and build and build on it so that when somebody says, I got an improv show, it's like, all right, how much is it? It's like, ah, it's expensive. It's $75. Like, that's not expensive at all. And then, you know, the people are up there. It's like, I saw that award winning improviser, yeah. something that nobody <laughs> ever said. He was an award winning <laughs> improviser. There's a sentence that's like, that doesn't make any sense. You might as well say, that chair can speak Spanish. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense at all, an award winning improviser. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to take a moment to rate and review us on your preferred service. Five stars, please. We've got heaps of original sketch comedy on our YouTube page. Subscribe at youtube.com slash improv conspiracy 